Hello and welcome to the How to Talk to Girls podcast. This is your host, Trip Kramer from tripadvice.com. Now, as I'm recording this, I'm actually simultaneously recording this on my YouTube channel as well as on my podcast. So what I'm doing right now is the very first of my book club. So I reviewed the first book of book club, which is called Crucial Conversations. And just for the first book club, I wanted to also record this on YouTube so uh, the people of YouTube can know and be informed that I am doing a book club that it's going to be on my podcast. So whether you're listening to the podcast or the YouTube channel, uh, now you know that this is happening monthly. That's right. Every single month, I am picking a new book and I'm diving into it, reading the entire thing. So this is not something that I read in the past, but something that I'm reading now, so it's very fresh in my mind, and I'm going to be doing a review of it. So I'll be going over whether or not you should read it, some good points, some bad points, and more importantly, I'm going to be going over a lot of really cool stuff that I took away from it. So things that I think are going to help you in terms of your social life, your dating life, your relationships, your sex life, and everything in between, because that's what this channel and podcast is all about. So uh, yeah, let's get into it. I mean, I'm really excited to finally do this, and uh, I'll say this. Selfishly, uh, this is something that's really awesome for me too. Like, I like the fact that I get to really dive into a book, and and you know, a lot of us might read books and you read it kind of passively and you take a few things away from it. But I mean, I feel like this is like homework. This is like a serious uh, dive into the book. I have notes. I have you know pages folded. So it helps me really learn this material, which I love because I love learning about this stuff. And of course. Uh, this is also for you, so you can learn about uh, the things that I'm going to be learning as well. We can all do this together. That's why it's a book club. It's a club. We're doing this together. So hopefully some of you, uh, if you heard the announcement a month ago, you've been diving into the book as well. I'm sure there's a few of you who have bought the book on Amazon or wherever and started to dive into it, and it's going to be really cool for now us to go over this. So I encourage you for the next book clubs and I'll announce the next book at the end of this uh, podcast and YouTube video. Uh, I'll announce the next book, but I really, I encourage you to, to read along with me, you know, for the month. I mean, how cool is it going to be for you to learn something and then be able to dive into it like it's a real book club? Because then at the end of the day, it's not just you reading something and forgetting most of the material, but we get to dive into it on this podcast so you can really absorb the information and it can be super, super helpful for you again in your dating and, and relationships. So, so yeah, that's kind of the intro. Let's, let's get into it. So Crucial Conversations. Did I like this book? I didn't just like this book. I love this book. I'm really happy that the first book that I picked was something that I really loved. And, and here's one thing that's really cool about it is, is this is a book that I, I mean, I'm going to read this again. Okay, I'm going to read this again because this is so pertinent to my own life. I mean, this is going to be pertinent to your life too, but I'm, I'm just saying personally, this is something that really connected to me because we are having crucial conversations all the time. This is something that you can't avoid. The only way you're going to avoid having a crucial conversation with somebody is if you literally never leave the house. And even so, you can be in your house, never leave, and still have to have crucial conversations because, you know, we're on the phone and we're texting and all those good things. But, but yeah, this was 
something that really spoke to me on a personal level because I'm having crucial conversations all the time. I'm having them in my own relationships, with my family, uh, with loved ones. I'm doing it with business. Um, you know, I'm doing it with clients, people that I'm coaching. So this occurs in my life all the time, and I can only imagine if it's happening in my life, it's absolutely happening in yours. So anyways, I really love this book, and it was it was something that I know I'm going to be taking. Like The stuff I'll be teaching you today is stuff that I'm really excited to use in my own life. I'm going to read this again and, and study it. You know, one thing is they wrote it very well. There's like four authors of this book, and also there's a foreword by Stephen Covey um, who does the Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, which if you haven't read that book, that's a really good one too. Um, but yeah, um, the book is written very well. I would say it feels a little bit like it's um, like a, something you would read in a class because there's a lot of different stuff to, to remember. There's multiple acronyms. I'm not going to be going over every single acronym they teach you in this book. I'm going to be going over a lot of stuff that, that I really took away that I think is going to be best for you. But, um, you know, I feel like some parts were just a little bit dry. And again, I, I can't blame them. What can you do? You know, they're really just spitting you the information. And this book, I feel like, could have been a much longer. It was 200 pages. And they could have made it into this really long, drawn-out book. But they really stuck to the facts, gave you the information. And it was just like, boom, boom, boom. This is what a crucial conversation is. This is how you get through it. Here's some techniques. Here's some mindsets. The end. So in some ways, I love that. some ways, I didn't like it. But either way, uh, it does read pretty smoothly. And it is something, though, again, you might want to read multiple times if this is something you're interested in because there's just a lot of information, a lot of, like I said, acronyms and things to remember. And, and there's a lot. I mean, a lot happens in a conversation, especially one that gets very heated. Um, one thing I want to say here before I forget is one thing I really like about this book that is something that I preach also when I'm teaching information to guys. I really liked that they, they say they, they are aware that there's a lot of information and there's, there's a lot to remember. And at the end of the book, what they say is, you know, if you can at least take away one thing and then just start working on that in your conversations, then you're going to be good. You know, at least one thing, because you're not going to read this whole book and then all of a sudden enter uh, an intense, crucial conversation and then be boom, 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 know what to do. There's just so much. So, you know, and this goes with all the information that I teach you guys, you know, in terms of how to attract women and how to sustain relationships and all those good things. There's a lot of information. So how do you put it all together? Well, it's hard to do that. So I think that it's really good. And they say this too, is you take one piece of information. So even today, you know, if you never decide to read this book and you just are listening to this book review or watching this book review, um, then at the end of the day, you can take away you know, one thing, and then just try to implement that. And if that starts to work, go back to this podcast, go back to this YouTube video, go back to the book, and find another thing that you can start implementing. And that's how you learn and, and take action. So, so anyways, that's, again, some of my intros and some of my, my bigger takeaways in terms of how they, how they wrote the book and how they display the information. So it's pretty solid. All right, let's get into, uh, let's get into the information. So what is a crucial conversation? I took some notes here, so I'll be kind of well, this is not pertinent to you who's listening to the podcast, but people who are watching the YouTube video, I'll be going over some notes here that I wrote down on my laptop and, and talking to you about it, and even referencing some pages in here that I'm going to be reading out loud that are um, really good for, for some examples 
that they give in terms of techniques and how to go through a, a crucial conversation properly. Okay, what's a crucial conversation? You might guess uh, what a crucial conversation is. You might say, oh, it's an important conversation, but what, what is it? They say it's a discussion between two or more people where the stakes are high, the opinions vary, and the emotions run strong. So I take that as, in, in my own life, whenever I think I'm entering a crucial conversation, is when I start to feel a new emotion. So I start to feel maybe a little bit anxious or a little heated or um, just kind of like flight or fight mode. You know that flight or fight mode where you're kind of like, whoa, something just happened here. I'm feeling some things happening in my body. I'm feeling some things happening in my brain. Things got a little intense. Emotions started to run high, like they say here. Um, and so when I start to feel that, that helps me know I'm in a crucial conversation. So hearing that, I've actually gone back in my head and thought about some crucial conversations I had where I know exactly where it turned to that point. There is an actual point in a conversation where you're like, whoa, this just turned crucial. And so I think that they're saying this because they want you to recognize that because of course, once you recognize that it's a crucial conversation, then you can work through the conversation in the way that they describe in the book. So here's something else they talk about. And this is my interpretation of why you should read this book. Like I said, I'm already a fan. I think it's a great book and the information is, is awesome. But the reason to read this book at least one reason is because, and they say this in the book, the emotional pain that we hold in contributes to our health, okay? So, you know, like I said, you're going to be in a crucial conversation. It's going to get emotional. It's going to get stressful. And so when that happens, you know, we can start to get worried, get anxious, and all these emotions run high. Our cortisol starts to spike. That's the stress uh, that's in our body, right? And so that can contribute to poor health. If you have a lot of stress and you don't know how to manage it or you don't know how to deal with it, uh, then our, like our literal our health, like we can start to get sick, our body can start to slowly deteriorate. You know, you don't want to live in a very stressful state for too long. It can be very bad for you. So I think one of the reasons to read this book is because if you are feeling stressed out due to a relationship, right? Again, this is a relationship with anyone, by the way. I know this is this is a dating advice channel and podcast, but this can be in relationships with friends, with coworkers, with bosses, uh, with anybody, with family, parents. Um, but when our uh, stress levels get too high and we don't deal with it, you know, it tends to deteriorate our health. So you're going to have conversations that are going to have to come up. And if you don't deal with those relationships, which you're going to have to deal with, it can be very stressful and very bad for you. So it's inevitable that you're going to be in a crucial conversation. So you want to read this book so you can learn how to manage it, so you can manage your stress, so you can get through life a little bit easier and not be so stressed out and therefore be a little bit healthier. Okay, so that's, that's my big reason for reading the book and I think that's, that's one of their reasons as well. Okay, so what's a successful conversation? I like how they defined it in here. A successful conversation is the free flow of relevant information. And I loved this because there's one key word in here that really stuck out to me. The free flow of relevant information. Relevant information, okay? So this is speaking more in logical terms. We can get into really intense conversations with people and emotions will run high and there'll be... Uh, be a conversation where it's just kind of arguing back and forth 
or saying irrational things or taking digs at people or just not staying on the topic and going off on tangents where it's like, wait a minute, where did this conversation even go? Like, where are we right now? Like, where did this start? Where does this end? What's going on? And that happens a lot. This happens a lot. This is why people have a poor time communicating and they don't know how. And so I love that they said a successful conversation is the free flow of relevant information. And I think that really set the tone of the book because really something that they talk about a lot in crucial conversations is the idea of having a goal in mind for the conversation instead of just having a conversation for conversation's sake, for emotion's sake, but really thinking more logically and thinking, what's the purpose of this conversation? And so if you're going to be thinking on that level, well, there has to be relevant information. So that's a successful conversation when the information is relevant, pertinent to exactly what's going on and to your goals. So you can move through this conversation successfully and, and be able to have a, a conversation that actually goes somewhere and helps you feel less stressed at the end and solves the problem at hand, whatever that may be. Um, again, the book talks about the crucial conversations in all aspects, but we're talking a little bit more about dating and relationships. So a lot of this information that I'll be teaching, it's not going to be too relevant to the initial meet and greet, meaning the initial conversation when you meet a girl. Uh, this stuff doesn't really come up as much, I've noticed. But the information that I'll be telling you today in terms of what we're talking about is going to be really important for when you start dating a girl, when you're on a, a second, third, fourth date, even a first date. Um, also, when you are um, in a relationship, right? So when you're in a relationship, more and more crucial conversations will come up. You know, it's, it's something that might not come up as much when you first start dating someone just because, I mean, at the end of the day, uh, if, a, if a relationship is new, sometimes it goes a, sometimes it goes a little bit smoother in the beginning, and then as time goes on, you start to have more conversations. But I have a theory on that, by the way. I think that a lot of conversations, uh, I'm sorry, relationships go smooth in the beginning. You know, they call it the honeymoon phase. Like everything is 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 great and amazing. And I think that that happens because people are afraid to have the crucial conversations because they don't want to ruin anything. And then, of course, what happens six months to a year later, all of a sudden. There's a little bit more fighting. There's a little bit more intense talk. Some of the things that you've been fed up with over the months of dating start to come out. And I think that if you, if you learn from this book, you can learn to have these crucial conversations sooner in a relationship to, to ease the tension instead of waiting six months to a year, two years, or until you're married to have some of those more intense conversations. So uh, I think that's one thing that you can definitely take away from this book in terms of your dating life and in terms of getting into a, a relationship. So, all right, let's keep going. So uh, yes, successful conversation, the free flow of relevant information. They also call this dialogue. They call it dialogue. And their definition of dialogue is the free flow of meaning between two or more people. So that's what we're talking about here, having this dialogue, you conversing with somebody. So let's get into some of the meat here. So what they do is, is they go into uh, some ways to be able to handle an intense conversation. And we'll go over those right now. So the first thing, and this might be my favorite because I think that this is something that most people really don't think about when entering a conversation that might be heightened or, or enter a conversation that they know they want to have with their partner or someone. They don't really think about this thing. And it's funny because it's, you know, just like the information that I give, like it's, you read it and you're like, oh, common sense. But uh, what's that saying? 
might be common sense, but not common practice. So this one really stuck out to me. They say, and this is a little cheesy, but either way, they say start with the heart. Okay, start with the heart. So that means that you're entering the conversation and you're asking yourself what you really want. So you're asking yourself, what is it that you want out of this conversation? What is the goal? Remember, I, I spoke about that just a second ago. What is the reason while you're going into this conversation? What do you want out of it? Because we're not going to just enter a crucial conversation and, and let the emotions run high to a point where you're in no man's land talking about God knows what, and you walk away and you're like, what, what happened? What was that? That just turned into some fight, and now things are worse off. So here's some questions that they have you ask yourself in terms of figuring out what it is that you want. Very simple. Three questions. What do I really want for myself? What do I really want for others? So for the person who you're conversing with. And what do I really want for the relationship? Right. So that's kind of the bigger picture. What do you want for the relationship as a whole? So this is a really great way of going into it because, again, you're goal-oriented, but you're also being considerate. And I like that too. And that's a huge part of crucial conversations you're going to find out is that you have to be very respectful and very considerate or else, well, you're not going to get what you want. They're not going to get what they want and you're not going to get what you want for the relationship because if you're not being considerate, not being respectful, then again, back to the, what I was saying before, emotions run high and you don't complete the goal at hand and it's like, what happened here? So those are some questions to ask yourself. What do I really want for myself out of the conversation? What do I really want for others? And what do I really want for the relationship in a whole? So as you're listening to this, if you've been in a relationship, by the way, this is something I did as I read the book, is I thought about my past relationships and my current relationship. And I thought about the crucial conversations I once had or want to have and kind of kept that in the back of my mind as I read the book. And that helped understand the material a little bit more because I imagined myself using some of these mindsets and using some of these techniques. So something you can do right now as we're going through it or as you read the book if you decide to read it and haven't read it yet. Okay, so next in terms of entering a conversation, they have this thing called, technique I guess we'll call it, is learn to look. Okay. So learn to look. So first, you're starting with the heart. You're figuring out what it is that you want out of, out of the conversation. And then when you enter the conversation, you learn to look. So this is, my, my interpretation of this is being becoming aware, right? So you're becoming aware, aware of when things become crucial. So you're in the conversation. You're aware of, okay, when is it becoming crucial? Meaning, when are the emotions running high? When are you feeling maybe some of the stress build up? When are you feeling that your opinions and the other person's opinions aren't matching so much? So that's one thing to look for if it's becoming crucial. Another thing is, is you're looking for silence or violence, okay? Silence or violence. So this is something that might happen in a crucial conversation that might ruin it, okay, so to speak. So silence is maybe someone not communicating with you, choosing to leave the room, choosing not to speak, Right, that silence, violence, I don't think they meant it too literally, like you're in a conversation and you guys start to actually physically fight, but they meant more violence in terms of, are you taking digs at someone? Are you um, saying something that's disrespectful for, uh, to someone, which won't help the crucial conversation and won't help it move forward? Because the second you start to either take a dig at someone, um, 
maybe violate someone's space, say something that might hurt them, what's going to happen is they're going to react to that and they might come back at you and then you're going to come back at them. And now where are we going? No man's land. We're going to no man's land where you guys are not at all focusing on the goal of the conversation or at least you're not, right? Because there's only so much you can control the other person, only you can control yourself. So now you're, you're, you know, in this, uh, you're in the, in the conversation that just becomes basically ruined because the, either they're not talking or they or you are digging at each other. So those, those are things to look at. So now we move into, well, how do you make it safe? How do you prevent that? How do you make it safe? I'm going to read a little paragraph for you that is on page 76. If you have the book, you can read along with me. Uh, but on page 76, this is a little example that they talk about in terms of making it safe. So basically they have an example here of a couple, uh, Yvonne and, um, and uh, I don't know the other person's name, but uh, Jotham. Yvonne and Jotham, and they're in a fight about in their relationship, specifically about um, not having sex that often. And so I wanna read this to you. This is an example of what Yvonne might say, what the woman might say uh, to make it a little bit more safe and get it to a point where you're entering a crucial conversation in a respectful manner and staying on top of the goal. So here's what she says. Can we change gears for a minute? I'd like to talk about what happens when we're not romantically in sync. It would be good if we could both share what's working and what isn't. My goal isn't to make you feel guilty and I certainly don't want to become defensive. What I'd really love is for us to come up with a solution that makes us both satisfied in our relationship. Now, if you weren't paying attention, just rewind and listen to that again, because that was huge. I love this little paragraph. And then there's a bunch in here, by the way, but I picked this one because this embodies everything that I've just talked about so far. This idea of making them feel safe so they actually feel comfortable talking about the information. And she did that by saying, hey, I don't want to make you feel guilty. And I don't want to become defensive, right? So this is taking out any kind of violence that could happen. And then she's saying, well, I want to stick to the goal. And the goal is I'd love for us to come up with a solution that makes us both satisfied. So that's, that's one of the bigger things about crucial conversations and, and managing your way towards a goal is it, it's not just about what's going to be good for you. So don't think about the crucial conversation being, oh, okay, I need to figure out what's just good for me. No, remember, back to what I said before, you start with the heart. What do I really want for myself? What do I really want for the other person? And what do I want for the relationship? Right? So here, she's doing all three things. She wants to make sure that, um, so she's, she's coming into this, answering the question, what do I really want for myself? Well, she wants to make sure that they become romantically in sync. Uh, she wants to make sure that in this conversation, she doesn't say anything that makes him feel bad about it. And then for the relationship, well, like I said, right here, right? She says here, she wants to make sure that the relationship becomes satisfied. So it's a win-win-win across the board. That, and that's huge there. That's, that's the kind of things you want when you have crucial conversations is the win-win-win. Okay, Three wins. You're happy. They're happy. And it's better for the relationship. right? Whatever you guys decided to compromise on, it's going to be better for the relationship. This is where growth happens in a relationship, right? That's growth right there. That's why crucial conversations are awesome to have when you're in a relationship or when you're dating somebody. They're so awesome to have because they don't just fix an issue at hand, but they grow it, right? They grow it. So imagine like a plant that's, that's, um, that's dying 
and one of the leaves or one of the stems of the leaves is, is cracked and you end up fixing the cracked stem. Well, not only are you fixing that, but it allows the plant to grow. So that's my little analogy there. And that's what you want, of course. Man, I hope you want that. So um, let's move here too. So let's move deeper into this. Now we're talking about, they talk about mutual purpose. I love this too. And mutual purpose is this. You're both working toward a common outcome and you care about their goals, interests, and values. Okay, so this is more caring about them. This is what's going to make them open up and make them even feel safe. Is that they know that you're not just in it for you, but you're in it to make them feel safe. You care about their goals. You care about their interests. You care about their values. Right? And if you respect the person you're with, and I hope you do, then naturally that should come about. Right? As you care about their feelings basically okay you care about what's going on and hopefully but again this is called mutual purpose so hopefully they feel the same way about you this should be completely mutual okay and they say that this is the entry position of dialogue so right when you start the dialogue that should be talked about the fact that that you want to let them know that you care about how they feel you care about their opinions you care about their values this is something that you care about. You're not just going in trying to get what you want, okay? Now, they give a little acronym here, and we'll talk about this. I'm um, oh, sorry, this is not an acronym, but uh, this is some techniques here to have to do with the next part, which is mutual respect and purpose. So we're kind of building on this idea of mutual purpose. So here are some techniques that they talk about. They talk about three things. Apologize, contrast, and creating a mutual purpose, okay? So let's dive into those. So first is apologize. Now, crucial conversations can kind of happen out of nowhere. Or maybe it's starting because you did something wrong. So they say here, you know, apologizing from the bat, of course, only if you really feel that way. If, if you don't feel sorry, well, that's a whole other situation altogether. But you should apologize for something you maybe did wrong or said wrong, just so you can kind of even the playing field and come into this with, with that respect that they talk about, that mutual respect. So think about that as you're entering the conversation, apologizing for anything you think needs to be apologized so you can enter this and enter it in such a safe way. And then there's contrast, okay? This is a really cool one. I want to dive into this for a second. So contrast is the idea of saying to them in the beginning of a conversation what you don't want and what you do want, okay? So that's... an, an in this example here, Yvonne said that. So I'll read that again real quick, that part. Um, page 76, again, if you're following along. She says, um, my goal isn't to make you feel guilty, right? That's not what she, that's what she doesn't want. And I certainly don't want to become defensive. Again, something she doesn't want. But what she does want is she's, she says, I really love for us to come to a solution that makes us both satisfied in our relationship. So that's contrast there. You're saying what you don't want and what you do want. So, you know, an example of this that I'm saying here is the idea, you, you know, she's saying, I don't want to make you feel guilty. I don't want to put you in harm's way, right? She doesn't want to do anything to hurt the other person. And that's what you're going to be saying. You don't want to do anything that's going to hurt the other person. And then you say what you do want. What you do want is the goal, right? the thing that you want out of out of the disagreement, which is coming to an agreement or a better understanding or whatever it is. You know, in this situation, in this example is satisfied in the relationship in their sex life. So that's more specific of something uh, 
that might be some sort of problem in a relationship. So whatever that is that you want. So again, a lot of everything I'm saying right now is really boiling down to the idea of knowing what you want in this conversation and making sure you remember that, that you know that throughout, and that the person knows that too and understands that, hey, even though this is something that I want, I want it for you too. And I want it for us. And we can do this in a way where we talk to each other respectfully and we can both come to a mutual purpose, which is the next part here. Again, I said apologize, contrast, and create a mutual purpose. So that's what you want to do. You want to create a mutual purpose. You want to know what it is, not just what you want, but what they want. So you guys can talk about that. What would you both like to have out of this conversation? And again, you know, they might not know right away, but then that's what you talk about. And that's, that's part of the conversation itself is talking about the mutual purpose and figuring out what it is that you guys can hopefully come to an agreement on whatever it is, okay? Let's move on. Um, I wanna go to page 92 if you're following along here and you have the book. Uh, this is a really great sentence to use in conversation if it does get heightened. So if things do get kind of intense, here's something you can say. And of course, you know I love giving you some, some uh, lines to say. Of course, I, I give you a lot of lines in my different YouTube videos. But something you can say. It seems like we're both trying to force our view on each other. I commit to stay in this discussion until we have a solution that satisfies both of us. Okay, so maybe this is a little bit out of context. This is something that you wanna to say to them if conversation gets intense, if it gets heightened, if it starts to veer off into no man's land, like I was saying earlier, right? Where you guys are just going into some other conversation and it's, it's going completely out of the realm of the goal. And also it's as if, um, or, or also in a conversation, if you guys are trying to force your views on top of each other. So you're trying to go, no, it's like this. And they're like, no, it's like this. And you're like, no, this is how I feel. And it's not going anywhere. You can step back and you can say, all right, seems like we're both trying to force our view on, you know, on each other. I commit to stay in this discussion until we have a solution that satisfies both of us. And I like that because at the end of the day, this conversation is going to happen eventually. You might as well do it now. And of course, there's times when conversations get so heightened that anxiety starts to come, panic starts to come, and someone might just not be able to have the conversation right there and then. That's an exception. And I would say at that point, you might want to stop there. Um, but hopefully, you know, you're at the point in this conversation where you can say, hey, let's keep going. Let's keep going so we can stay on the path here and reach the goal. And by the way, you might think, well, oh man, this could take hours if you're going to have a crucial conversation. There's so much to do. But I don't think so. And this is not something they say in the book. This is just my own opinion. I think if you're using crucial conversation, you're actually going to get through a conversation quicker because you're only talking about the relevant information like they define here, relevant information. That's what a crucial conversation is, right? They say it is, um, or I'm sorry, a successful conversation. They say it's the free flow of relevant information. So if you're staying relevant to the point of whatever the conversation is about and what the goals are, in theory, I believe it should go faster and you should get through it quicker. So it's going to be fast. It's going to be successful. And hopefully if you guys are doing it in the right way, it's a conversation that doesn't need to happen again because you've already solved the problem that might have caused a lot of other conflicts in your relationship. So, all right, let's move on. Another thing they talk about, and I love this because I always talk about confidence. They talk about confidence. 
And I think right now they're speaking to some of the weaker people. When I say weak, I mean people who are maybe a little bit more people pleaser-ish or a little bit scared to state their opinion. But I like that they talk about in this book, they talk about the idea of confidence. They say people who are skilled at dialogue have the confidence to say what needs to be said to the person who needs to hear it. I think a lot of people have a really hard time having a crucial conversation because they are living in fear, right? They're living in fear. They fear that if they say something, they're going to rock the boat and the relationship might go sour because they might get into a fight or you're finally expressing your opinion to someone and you're just like, oh man, I'm scared to say this because they're not going to agree with me and something bad is going to happen to the relationship. But you got to think logically on this level. The relationship will be doomed anyway if you don't have the crucial conversation because if you don't have the guts and the confidence to speak up now about whatever issue you're having on any topic whatsoever, it will come out eventually. I promise you. I promise you it will come up. Or if you just hold it in, then you're always going to be frustrated and stressed and you're going to be resenting the person and living this life that's so unhappy, right? So it's like, do you want to live this unhappy life? Do you want to just go through life being unhappy in a relationship? I would rather end a relationship than live an unhappy life. I'd hope you want the same thing. Like That's just logical thinking here. So wouldn't it be better to take the risk? Wouldn't it be better to take the risk and, and have the conversation and say the things that need to be said to the person who needs to hear it? I'd think so, right? Because at the end of the day, the conversation is going to do one of two things. It's going, and by the way, I'm going to extremes right now. So, so you know, I'm just going to, to extremes. It could either end the relationship, maybe, most likely won't, okay? That's just going to the extreme. And if it ends the relationship, the, the relationship is gonna be end, was going to end anyways, or it should end because you're just unhappy all the time. Or the opposite, the opposite, amazing extreme, which is probably higher chances, is that it's going to be great. You guys are going to solve the issue. You're going to solve the problem. You're going to solve whatever it is that is frustrating you in the relationship, whatever those problems are. So I think that's really huge that they talk about that. They talk about the idea of confidence and saying to you, hey, listen, you know, that's what's going to make you skilled at having the dialogue and a crucial conversation. Having, and I'm saying this, this is my words, having the guts to just be like, you know what, this is how I feel. My feelings are important. My opinions are important. My values are important. And so because I feel they're important, I want to communicate that with you. But again, what's awesome about this is they're teaching you to say that, but also saying, hey, I also respect what you have to say. And that's the difference between having a uh, crappy conversation, crappy crucial conversation versus a successful one. Having that mutual interest, having that mutual purpose. And I'm going to repeat myself now, you know, because this is really, um, this is really crucial. <laughs> is you're, you're going to be more successful at having the crucial conversation when you go into it selflessly, where you're not just thinking about yourself, but you're thinking about the other person. That's going to, what's going to make it successful. If that's the only thing you take away from, from this uh, first book club review or from the book, I think that's one of the bigger things. All right, let's go into some more techniques here. So they move into how to express the, your issue at hand. So whatever it is that, that you're having trouble with, okay? So they go into 
um, five different things that you're going to do. We're going to go over those right now. So the first thing is sharing your facts. Okay. So they say you don't want to tell your story first. You don't want to go into your opinions first or or your your emotions first because that's what's going to take the conversation potentially to a dangerous level. Okay. Instead, you want to share your facts. Share the facts of what's going on. So whatever that is. So they give an example in the book about a uh, a wife who's at home and she saw on a credit card bill that that her husband spent money on a motel. So immediately she's thinking, why was he at a motel? I've never heard that he went to a motel. The motel is close by. He must be cheating on me. So they give the example in this book and say, you know, she could have done this two ways. She could have entered the conversation and said, I don't know what's going on. You're cheating on me. What did you do? You stayed at a motel. Why did you do that? I can't believe you're being unfaithful. So that's her telling her story or telling the story first and going into the emotions. But instead, they're saying you should share the facts first to find out what's going on so you can enter this conversation a little bit more respectfully, a little bit more peacefully, and in a much more constructive way. So they say start with sharing the facts. So she would do this by saying, hey, I saw on this bill right here that um, there was a charge for a motel. And I don't know what's going on, but I wanted to talk to you about it, right? So that's just an example. So that's her sharing the facts first. So think about your own situation. If you're in a crucial conversation, how can you share the facts first and say, okay, this is what's going on. So there's no argument, right? He can't argue in this in this, um in this example, that there's a motel charge. There's no argument there. That's just a fact, right? So that's the fact. It's a motel. It's close by. There's a charge on the credit card. So what are the facts that you can talk about in your crucial conversations that are inarguable? It's like, hey, this is the situation at hand. It really sets the tone for what's going on. And like I said, does it in a very respectful way because you're not just blowing up at them, okay? And then you can tell your story. And so... I'm going to give some examples here. If, you're, if you have the book, go to page 145. They talk about telling your story and talking about um, more about like your opinion, your emotions on what's going on. And they have this thing called the Goldilocks method, which I really like. If you don't know the story of Goldilocks, Goldilocks uh, went in to uh, taste the porridge of the three bears, right? There was the, um, what was it, the baby bear, the mama bear. And, and the daddy bear, right? And she goes in and one of them's too hot, the porridge, one of them's too cold, one of them is just right. So this is the idea here is that when you're telling your emotions and you're sharing your emotions and sharing your story, you don't want to go too soft, too hard, you want to go right in the middle. So here's an example they give. Um, so, okay, here's one example of too soft, too hard, and just right. Too soft would be coming in with not, not enough confidence and saying something like, oh, this is probably stupid, but, right? So that's too soft. You want to come in too soft. If you're too soft, then you're not giving any, any value to your feelings. It's like, no, you know, this is not stupid. You know, you know, why would you say that whatever you have to say is dumb? No, this is important to you. So don't say that. Come in with confidence. Like, I have something to say. That's too soft. Too hard would be, how come you ripped us off? Right? So this is an example of... of um, of someone complaining at a store, right? So how can we rip this off? Right away, that goes right to emotion, right? Right. That goes right to emotion and uh, heavy emotion at that, right? It's like you're just jumping to conclusions. So 
just right would be more factual, right? Something like, it's starting to look like you're taking this home for your own use. Is that right? Again, sorry this is like out of context, but, um, but I, I, I think this kind of makes sense to you, right? So just right is coming somewhere in the middle. Like you're, you're kind of like looking at this, like what's going on? So example, better example here that we used before with the woman who thought her husband was cheating, right? So she states the facts and then she could say, you know, I don't know for sure, but I have this feeling that you might be, uh, you might be cheating on me because I don't understand why you would be going to a hotel or what this charge is about. Right, so that's kind of something just right. So think about that, think about the Goldilocks method as you're entering a crucial conversation and sharing your story, sharing your opinions and your emotions. The next part of this is asking for others' paths, okay? So they're referring to the path that you want in the conversation, like the goal, okay? So you wanna ask for the other's paths. So you're gonna be asking the other person what they want out of this conversation and what uh, their motive might be. Okay, so again, this is kind of repeating before, but just going into a little bit more detail, just asking them what it is that they want out of the conversation. And then the next one is talk tentatively. Talk tentatively, which they're saying, you're talking not as a fact, but as your perception and as your opinion. Okay, so again, going back to that example, she's not saying you cheated on me, right? You're saying that as a fact. You can't accuse someone of that because you don't know if it's a fact yet. That's an opinion. So you're saying tentatively. You're saying, I have this feeling that you might be cheating on me. I'm not sure if you are, but this is, this is what's going through my brain as I see this charge on this credit card. Right? So talk tentatively because once you start going into this is fact, this is fact, this is fact, when they might not be, what's going to happen? You're forcing the other person to get defensive and then this is gonna take the conversation to, again, a level where it's gonna go into no man's land, where you're just arguing back and forth about non-factual things and just opinions and not going to the facts of the matter, okay? And then the next one is encourage testing, okay? So encourage testing is basically you're encouraging them to be able to share more of their path, right? That's encourage testing, is encouraging them to to share some of those things, right? Because if you're not encouraging it and you're just kind of sitting back and hoping that they're gonna do something about it, they might not. So encourage them to share their facts, their story. So again, this is kind of related to ask for the other's paths, but this is something you might do if they feel reluctant to share it with you. You know, tell them that you wanna know, you wanna have this conversation, you wanna know their opinions, their feelings, and and know the, the facts that they, uh, that they know, right? So if, you end up reading the book, you'll find out that in this conversation, it turns out that the motel charge was an accidental charge that happened from uh, the restaurant owner of the restaurant that they went to because he owned both the motel and the restaurant. It turns out he wasn't cheating, okay? Um, and they were able to get to that conversation smoothly because they go through the process of sharing your facts, telling your story using the Goldilocks method, asking for the other person's path, talking tentatively, and then encourage testing, all right? So the next part, and this is the last part, uh, there's again, there's a lot of stuff that I left out. There's a lot of things I left out. I'm just giving you, I think, the best of, and some of the things I think are gonna be most helpful for you as you move forward in your relationships and your dating relationships. Um, but this is the last part that I think was really crucial. 
and really cool too because it's um, it's really just such a great way to be able to have conversations with people. I think maybe I like it so much because I've noticed that I've done this before I even read this book. This is something that I've done in conversations and it's a way of exploring the other person's path and doing it in a way so they feel comfortable, they feel safe, that you are understanding what they're saying, you're empathizing with what they're saying, because when you're able to explore the other person's path, they're gonna feel comfortable with wanting to share their story, share what's going on, share things honestly with you, and want to move forward with you to solve the issue. So imagine if you each are doing that, if you each are, that's what they call it, exploring each other's paths. If you're each doing that, then you feel safe and you feel like you both have each other's backs because you're not just in it for you. Again, you want to be a little bit more selfless in the conversation. Back to the beginning, I said you want to figure out what do you want for yourself, what do you want for others, and what do you really want for the relationship. And so this, uh, these techniques I'll go over in a second really help you do that. So let's go to page 163 if you got the book. Um, they talk about the first technique, so to speak, which is just ask. So this is a way to get things rolling, get things rolling with the conversation. So you might notice that something's going on and there's a conversation to be had with your significant other. So you might ask them, right? Ask. This is a way to get things going. You might say, what's going on? You might say, I'd really like to hear your opinion on this. Again, to keep things moving. You might say, please let me know if you see differently. So again, you're just exploring their thoughts, their emotions, their feelings. And then this is a good one. You say, don't worry about hurting my feelings. I really want to hear your thoughts. Again, making them feel so safe, giving them the platform to tell you how they're really thinking and feeling. So that moves the conversation forward, but also it shows that you care, okay, that you care. And that's pretty awesome. Uh, the next one and this is not in a specific order per se. These are all different techniques that you can use to move the conversation forward and, and get the most out of it and make it become successful. Another one is mirror. Okay, mirror. So this is, you look at how they're acting. And, and this is like if you can't get things going and you're not able to get them to speak up or really get them, again, this is what we're talking about, exploring all those paths. So if they're not really responsive, um, you know, and they're like, oh, don't worry about it. They're being passive aggressive. Like, I don't, I, I don't know, nothing. I'm fine, right? Because if they were really fine, they'd be like, no, I'm fine. But if they're using a tone of voice or their body language is like they're crossing their, their, their arms or they feel, they look like they're angry, they're talking like they're angry, then you, you call that out. You call that out nicely. You say, you know, how you're acting and the tone of your voice, it doesn't really match what you're saying. You know, and you're saying it nicely again. You're, you're not saying it like, you know, well, the way you're acting doesn't seem like it. You're saying like, I'm noticing right now that the way that you're acting and the things you're saying aren't really lined up. So, you know, are you sure that something is not going on? And then that helps them to open up a little bit more. Here's another one. This is um, a technique you can use if you guys are already in the conversation and so you've gotten the ball rolling and things are going. This is another thing to help moving the crucial conversation forward. It's called paraphrase. This is a good one. This is basically saying back to them what you're hearing. So it doesn't mean you have to agree, okay? That's not what I'm saying here. And that, that's not what they're saying, is you just paraphrase. So you paraphrase what's going on. So whatever they're saying, you're repeating it back to them. But you're repeating it in your own words. You're not just saying it to them exactly how they said it. But if you come close, that's fine too. But you're repeating to them 
what's going on and how they're feeling. So they feel understood, they feel heard, it encourages them to want to listen and understand you, and again, move the conversation forward so you guys can come to that mutual purpose and solve the, uh, the problem and attain the goal, right? The mutual purpose. And again, it's all intertwined here. We talked about mutual respect here. There's no better way to respect someone than to let them know that you're hearing what they're saying. Hey, I hear what you're saying. I hear what's going on. I hear that this is how you feel. This is what's going on. This is what you fear. I hear that. Is that right? Do I have that right? That's what you'll say to them so you know you're not um, saying it improperly. And of course, this is just good because it gets you to understand what's going on. You can be like, is this correct? Am I right here? And they can say yes. Or they say no, you missed something. And then they'll fill in the blank. And then again, moves the conversation forward. Now, the next one is called prime. Okay, so again, just to keep you on pace, what we're talking about here, we're talking about exploring others' paths to understand where they're coming from and moving the conversation forward. So there's ask, mirror, paraphrase, and prime. Prime is basically your last resort, right? It's like they're not opening up to you. They're not moving the conversation forward. Uh, you're saying, oh, you know, your body language and your tone doesn't match up. Or you're paraphrasing it back to them and they're just like, no, you're not hearing me at all. No, that's not what I'm saying. So it's like if asking, mirroring, and paraphrasing fail, you're going to go to prime. And prime is, in layman's terms, you're just taking a guess at what the hell's going on, okay? So you're taking a guess at what's going on. You are finding out what it is that, um, that they're having a problem with, and you probably know. And so they talk about this in the book where this could be a risky thing to do, to use this technique because you could have it totally wrong. But they kind of say in the book, at the end of the day, you're probably gonna have a good idea of what's going on if you don't, whatever, but at least take a stab at it and see what's going on because other, otherwise you're kind of just lost in the dark. And by saying what you think might be going on might trigger something in them to be like, no, that's not what it's about. It's about this. Or they might go, yeah, exactly. You got it. That's what it's about. And then again, moving the conversation forward. So, uh, wow, this has been, we're almost at an hour here. Um, I like to say that's pretty much the biggest things that I took away from it, um, really, that's pretty much the book. I mean, uh, you know, in terms of, of solving the situation, they go into the last chapter where it says move to action, which you can read the book and find out more about that, but it's about how to turn crucial conversations into actions and results. Um, but it's fairly common sense. I mean, at that point, move to action is you guys figuring out what you can do to come to a compromise on whatever the situation was or whatever the problem is. You know? And again, that's just related to the goal at hand. You guys come to the point where you understand each other, you hear each other, you talk about the situation, you get to the point where you've spoken how you feel about it, what you want out of it, what they want out of it, and you just work together creatively to figure out what a compromise is what the solution is that's going to make them happy, you happy, and also move the relationship forward. And of course, you know, I mean, there's a billion examples of, of what that could be, but think about it in terms of in your own crucial conversation. Think about what you've, you've talked about in the past or think about um, a problem you might be having right now in a dating relationship. What is it that you want out of it? And hopefully you guys can come to some sort of agreement. And that's what's talked about in the beginning of the conversation. But you guys agreeing 
to come to an agreement of how you can move the relationship forward. What would a win-win look like? And that's what they talk about a little bit in, in, uh, in the last chapter of moving to action. Like what, what, you know, getting creative, like what is something that would make, that would be a compromise that would make you both happy? And you can discuss those and then you put that into action. You move it into action. So it's not just you have the conversation and that's it. No, what are the action steps? Like what are you guys doing now? This is what makes it constructive. And they actually end the whole book with um, just a little section and it says, it's not about communication, it's about results. And that's how I wanna, I'm gonna come to an end in terms of, of this book, Crucial Conversations. And, and again, this is how it's gonna come to the end of, of your crucial conversation that you'll have with your partner. Remember that it's not about the conversation itself. That's awesome. But if you don't come to a conclusion of what you guys need to do to move forward, and have a result, well then it didn't do anything. You know, you're gonna be stuck there and you're gonna have the crucial conversation again. So maybe, again, if you, if you can't come to a compromise, maybe you need a third party, maybe you need to go to therapy, maybe you need to talk to someone, maybe you need other people to help out. Um, maybe that is, and by the way, maybe that is the actual result of the conversation. It's like, okay, we can't come to an agreement, so what other action steps can we take, this is getting a little meta, uh, what other action steps can we take to get the results that we want because we're not able to come to that agreement. And that can be, like I said, a variety of things, going to therapy, going to uh, another person. Maybe it's ending the relationship. I don't know. Maybe it's taking space from each other. You know, but at the end of the day, after a successful conversation, you've come to a point where you've said, hey, these are the action steps we're taking because it's not just about the communication that they're saying, it's about the results that come from it. So, um, yeah, that's pretty much it. I recommend this book. I'm gonna read this again. I've taken extensive notes on this, places I wanna come back to in this book that I wanna learn about and, and, um, and just keep learning about, implementing it into my own life. So I recommend it for you if this is, if this is something you wanna dive deeper into. I can't imagine a more important book that is going to help you with the inevitability of having crucial conversations in everything that's going on in your life, whether it's gonna be relationships, dating relationships, um, relationships with bosses, with friends, with family, all those good things. Now for the next book that we'll be doing on Book Club, it is going to be a book called Speak to Win, How to Present with Power in Any Situation, and that is by Brian Tracy. And I am gonna be doing a book review of that on July 30th. It's gonna be the last Sunday of this month because that's when I'll be doing book club. It will be every last Sunday of the month. Now, I should tell you, yes, uh, this one has been released on the first Sunday of the month, but from here on out, it is the last Sunday of the month. So if you wanna follow along, then go ahead and get that. Again, it's called Speak to Win, How to Present with Power in Any Situation by Brian Tracy. Read it, I'll be reading it, and we'll be going over the whole book just like I did here for the next book club. So thank you for listening and hopefully this has helped you. Hopefully you took some good notes here and I look forward to the next one.